0: Welcome back to Trader Talk, the podcast that focuses on trading education for beginners and experienced traders. Each episode, we will sit down with a trader to discuss various strategies and tips to improve your edge, as well as the risks associated with trading and investing. Thank you to my sponsor eToro for powering this series. eToro makes trading easy by giving quick access to the world's most popular digital currencies with low fees and social trading features in one simple app allowing you to trade and invest on the go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Trader Talk. I've got a good friend of mine here. I'm here with Bitcoin Jack. How are you doing today, Jack?
1: I'm good, Wendo. It's uh, it's fun to to speak to you again, like face to face on the internet. But uh, it's been <laughs> a while, though, that we've seen each other. I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. Yeah, we've hung out a couple times at different conferences and stuff, and it's always been a blast. It's always been a pleasure. Um, I think the first time we met was in Chicago, like a few years ago. I'm not, I don't remember. Yeah, in Chicago. So let's go ahead and get into it. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself to everyone?
1: Well, hello, everyone. (laughs) Uh, I'm Bitcoin Jack. Uh, I'm obviously a Bitcoin trader. Um, I got into the space in 2017 after I read the Ethereum white paper that a friend of mine pushed into my lap and told me that I could not leave the room after, like, before finishing it. Um, and the reason he did that is because I'm a software engineer and he thought that I would be very intrigued um, by the concept of, of Ethereum, by being able to run automated pieces of, of, of code that verify that that code is actually producing the correct outcome by having other nodes in the network verify that it's the correct outcome. And it it made me realize that um, the future is gonna transition to to a very digital future. So right now the the world's kind of like analog to, to digital and Ethereum to me made sense that it's gonna support a digital future. And at the same time, I already knew what Bitcoin was. Um, but at the same point I didn't really realize the importance of Bitcoin as an asset, as a deflationary sovereign asset yet. And um as I got intrigued into the space, I, I kind of like learned about why Bitcoin is actually the king of the space and why it's so important. Um and uh I started out buying a bunch of, of Bitcoin and ETH and um it caused me to to start diving into the subject uh and, and and realizing that i didn't actually know anything about trading or economics or or politics on a level that i required to be able to manage these financial positions actually so i was putting money into something that i believed in very strongly but i didn't know how to manage these positions uh and that's kind of like where I started to develop myself as a as a trader and, 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 and develop my interest into to politics and economics and, and learn about all these little different things. And it's also how I met when um, how I met you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going to conferences and meeting people who know more than me and learning from them. So yeah, that's me.
0: So you have a similar story as me because I want initially wanted to trade like traditional markets, but I was like, I, I felt kind of insecure and I was like, okay, I can't do this. I remember I went into like a TD Ameritrade and wanted to like invest in traditional stocks, but they're like, you need like $25,000. And at that time I was like, I don't have $25,000 for you. And then, you know, when I heard about Bitcoin again, in 2017, I was like, this is awesome. Like I can, if I want to buy $10 of Bitcoin. I can, if I want to buy a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. I can It's something that I was able to afford. And then you just kind of fall down that rabbit hole and you're like there's so many different opportunities, I think, in crypto and trading is a really, really big one because at the end of the day, we're investing our own money. We're responsible for our own actions. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's important to learn how to trade. So after 2017, when you got in the space and you had already bought, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and you also do have a pretty technical background as a software engineer, which is very, very impressive. It's not an easy thing um, either to get a degree for, to get certified to do. So props to you for that. Um, But how did you really start you know get into trading like was there books that you used like was were you watching youtube videos or did you just start kind of trading
1: um okay so let's let's go back to to where i bought my first bitcoin um i'm going to be very open and blunt here but what i did is i got so excited that i looked at my bank account i was like okay how much can i miss and i decided that 25 was. percent You know, what was going to be what I was going to invest, you know, without any background, without any knowledge, I thought this is a good idea. So just for anyone out there, um, I don't think that's a good idea in hindsight.
0: Don't do that. Um,
1: (laughs) It's not a good idea in hindsight. Um, You you have to move slowly. But what I did is um, I bought Bitcoin and I think this was June 2017. I think there was a dip if I remember correctly, and I wanted to buy Ethereum. So I bought that Ethereum and believe it or not, and this is most like, this is the case in almost always, but it was the top, like I bought at $330 per, Bitcoin, uh, per ETH and it Went to 340 within a couple of days, and after that, it crashed 60%. At that point, I was like, Holy oh shit, okay, so I put 25% of my money in, and that lost 60% at that point within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it motivated me to understand what is moving these markets. And, um, I personally, I always just start Googling, um, and I didn't know the word technical analysis yet, um, but I had a an uncle and he used to trade gold back in the days. And he, he he was telling me like, you can use these moving averages and, and this website called trading view to, to, to like map it out. And he started to explain to me like, Hey, okay. So this moving averages, these moving averages are the average price of the last, for example, 50 days. If you take the moving average 50 and I was like, Holy shit. So that's, kind of like intriguing how that works. And I started plotting it and I started to see different connections with how price reacted to it. And that was kind of a starting point to to start Googling on the concept of technical analysis. And, and I think that's where I really just started Googling more and more and more and reading about patterns and just a very basic technical analysis 101, uh, moving averages, patterns um and then later on i got to know um uh, cryptocrat and his channel and he was making all these educational videos on what they call price action concepts um where you have horizontal levels where historically there was a lot of demand or supply a lot of buyers were a lot of sellers and it started to click in my mind that a region where previously there were a lot of sellers or a lot of buyers are is going to be a point of interest for price to interact into the future because let's say today price is at eight thousand no eight thousand nine hundred dollars and I'm going to be buying a lot as a big entity in the space as a as a whale um, and uh, let's say price from here goes to eight thousand dollars at that point. I'm almost at 10% loss on my position which means that if price comes back and I'm emotional about it I might think hey this this price is coming back into my initial level where I bought maybe I can exit at little to no loss so I'm going to be a seller at that point where I was previously a buyer this is a psychological part of trading which is kind of explained by horizontal levels where there's been historical buying or selling um creating these resistances and supports which created like this framework where price moves towards or off to and that's kind of like my my segue into it i met the guys from bitcoin bravado Joel birch and 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 steven uh and and all these other guys and created a little community of people who, know, who knew about technical analysis and I could kind of jump on their bandwagon and ask them things and eventually, like, I was doing this 24-7 because I didn't have anything else to do. Uh, so I learned very quickly and, and, you know, from there on I segued into different types of technical, technical analysis to really build my own framework, but that's kind of where I started out.
0: Would you say having a strong technical background in software engineering, do you think that helped with your, kind of helped give you that edge that you have? Because let's face it, when you're taking a lot of STEM courses, when you're taking a lot of math or science courses, there's a lot of repetition that's done. I just remember taking um, calculus and just doing derivatives over and over and over and over again. And the same with chem is when you get like a, or. When you or, or physics you get an equation and you have to solve it and you have to do it over and over again and i kind of took that and i applied it to doing technical analysis because you're able to spot patterns do you think that that helped give you an edge
1: um most definitely but not necessarily yeah i think it's more how to, the way my brain is wired um that makes programming and, and engineering software for me particularly easy and that's why I kind of rolled into software engineering at the age of 13 14 and wow. and, and and developed it from there is uh, i'm able to put a lot of items on a on a big huge pile that then from the outside look like a giant mess and they they are a giant mess to me but somehow i am able to create order in that case. and um, systematically work through that pile and kind of what they call back test different components um, of, of technical analysis to see whether they work or not and kind of like remember in the back of my head uh, whether they were working or not and then working through that pile uh, testing everything that works or not works and then just ditching everything that doesn't work and then I'm left with like a kind of like semi-organized pal and then from there on and this is the same with um, software engineering you're f- always faced with um, with with this thing you want to build and there's always these different components and you have to fit these different components together and you you, you, you develop them independently sometimes but at the end of the day the, these different components need to work together as a system and there needs to be there need to be rules etc cetera, etc cetera. so once this pile kind of gets cleaned up, you want to have a system that is uh, reliable in the sense that you can work with rules that determine whether you can take an entry, where you take your exit, where your invalidation is, and how you manage and and, and quantify the risk you're taking. Uh, and that is very similar to to programming in a sense where you have to fit all the different components to a working system together.
0: So let's talk a little bit about some of the systems that you use. So let's say, because me personally, I wake up, I head over to my desktop. I try not to stay any trades like overnight that are like scalps or anything like that. Because I need my sleep at night. I'm not about to set alarms. Um, but let's talk about your system that you do. Like you wake up every day. Do you scan alts? Do you scan Bitcoin? Like how does how does that work for you?
1: So right now, and this changes with uh, how, to, the, how to market, in my opinion, is moving. But um, right now, I just focus on on Ethereum and Bitcoin. Um, And that is because alts are popping left and right, but I kind of feel that Bitcoin is at a very decisive point in the market and alts can do very well. So I have exposure by having Ethereum. And then from there on, I think I want to get into altcoins, but I want to make sure that the altcoin market as a whole is moving, which essentially begins often t- often with ethereum uh, moving, and then the rest is going to move, so then it becomes like this very uh, low risk exposure to to alts, which kind of sounds silly because they're very volatile, but you know when the entire market is moving in one direction, then it becomes not as risky so when I wake up and I open my computer. I look at the charts that I have, and I kind of have four different categories. I have a so-called price action um, category, and price action that really comes, for me, is, is about supply and demand historically in a chart where there's been buyers and sellers previously, um, which kind of tells me if there's been people previously, for example, buying, who are now underwater, who will be looking to exit their positions when the price goes back up, or the other way around, when there were sellers historically, and the price is above the current level where they sold, and they're looking to to, to buy back in, and if the price comes back into the level where they previously sold, then I guess, I bet that they will try to buy it back. So if I can find and identify levels in a chart where there's historically been a lot of buying or a lot of selling, usually the next time that level gets tested again, it's gonna act as a support or resistance. So that's, that's very simple naked price action right there. Yeah, so another thing um, I, I really look into is Elliott Wave Theory, um, and Elliott Wave Theory Describes or claims there's a limited set of fractal movements in a market, and it kind of like separates movements separates movements in, in impulsive movements and corrective movements. And don't get this wrong: a uh, corrective movement can be upwards if the trend is down. So you have an impulsive move which can be up or down, and then the corrective move is going to be counter trend towards the the impulse move. And what Elliott Wave theory argues that um, certain specific fractals can only be followed by a limited set of other fractals and if uh, fractal A, B, C, or D happen, it's very unlikely or impossible that fractal E, F, G, or whatever is going to happen afterwards. So it doesn't tell you the future, but what it tells you is that Uh, If you apply it correctly, there are certain possibilities that kind of disappear out of the the set of possibilities of how the market is going to behave afterwards. Uh, And there are certain rules that tell you that how a reversal of a trend has to look like. And um, it kind of creates this framework of possibilities and and, and, uh, probabilities where you are in a trend and how the trend is going to continue or reverse. And a lot of people kind of think of Elliott Way theory as something that is very subjective. And it is, uh, I'm going to agree hundred percent with these people. It's very subjective, but what it gives you, it rule it. It helps you to rule out the possibility that certain fractals are going to happen. And at a certain point in time, if you're lucky and you see it, there's only a few possibilities left, which in my opinion, as a huge edge if you combine that with the simple idea of, for example, supply and demand um, levels where you think there's going to be buyers or sellers based upon the idea that there were buyers or sellers in the past. Um, so it, if you start to combine that with, for example, patterns um, and, and and, um, for example, uh, Fibonacci retracements, which is a very large part of Elliott Wave theory, is that these fractal movements have to fit within certain ratios of each other so the impulse move moves let's say 100% if it's uh, it's a, if it's a wave 3 then the 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 corrective wave after that is usually never going to be larger than 38% of that 100% and if it's larger it's probably not the wave three. Or et cetera, et cetera. It's not the corrective mode. That kind of gives you an idea of what's possible and not possible. So, like when you get to the point where you can start to piece together the levels of confluence, let's say you have a price action chart where there's a high possibility, according to your analysis, that there were previously a lot of sellers that now want to buy as we come into the level. And um, your Elliott wave theory says, hey, you have a corrective pattern into this level and the ratios of the movements within that Elliott wave kind of fit the narrative. Uh, and you also have a pattern, for example, a falling wedge. Then you have three, three things that have confluence. You have a, a level of demand, you have a pattern, and Elliott wave theory agrees with it and gives very little different possibilities after that. That by itself for me is a system um, but it doesn't stop there for me. Like I've explored Wick Off, GAN, um, and at the end of the day, my trading system is based upon the idea that if my base layer of supply and demand functions properly and I can trade it by itself with enough uh reliability, all these other little parts that come on top of as confluence kind of like add a little bit of a score to it. And once I reach a score that is high enough for me, it kind of dictates how much risk I can take. The better the score, the more risk I can take. Mm-hmm. And um, whether I take it or not. And of course, that also depends on, on the positions I already have. So let's say I already have a lot of exposure to a bunch of altcoins. Sure, I'm not going to take another uh, position in another altcoin. But um, la- right now, I'm in this long position on Bitcoin since uh, the 4Ks. And I still have room to go long, for example, like I, I did last night, based on, on my system for a short amount of time, just to trade the range we're currently in. And that's just based on price action, alleyway theory, and a pattern combined together. And then we have GAN. But GAN, I've I've told you this before, it's a very complicated subject that's going to require, I think few hours of streaming.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll have to get you back on to discuss Gan in more detail another time then because I, because I I look at your charts and I've been following you since we met in Chicago because your work is like, it's outstanding. You've always been, you've always stood out as a trader to me that have, that you've done like more complex, complex stuff but I get how that can work in your mind because you're very technical but I've always looked at your stuff I'm like okay this is really cool where's he getting this from and then I've kind of you know compared it against some of my stuff sometimes because that's how traders at least that's how I learned is like when I first started I would chart Bitcoin and look at the people on TradingView and like okay does this make sense where are their lines at why are their lines there so I'll have to have you come on and talk about it but you did mention off. can you can you explain us what off is in a very short amount of time or does that take a longer time to
1: do so. Uh, Wickoff is pretty straightforward. What Wickoff said is that, and this is very much in line with what Elliot Wave Theory says too Wickoff says that markets pretty much have two states either they're consolidating or they're moving. So you look at a chart and it's, it's, it's in a pattern, which is a consolidation, or it kind of like starts to break out of that pattern and it moves quickly. And then if you zoom out from that entire Uh, view you have trends so um, on the largest scale there's accumulation and there's distribution so accumulation happens at the bottom of a price range and as the supply demand ratio shifts enough to to the strong hands and they accumulated a lot then there's not going to be a lot of sell pressure a lot of people sold and then the price is going to start moving up because there's no sellers left in the strong hands, they hold on until they decide to start distributing. This kind of creates trends. Um, so if you zoom out, it's a constant like sine, like sine, 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 well, sine, sine wave, um, which doesn't move sideways, but can like move diagonally up or diagonally down. And Wickhoff, um has this rule about how these, Consolidations required to look and certain characteristics and different components like time windows within these sideways um, consolidations of price that can give you hints on whether it's an accumulation or a distribution. And if it's a distribution, you're, you, the, the odds that the price is going to start continuing moving down is higher. And the other way around, if it's accumulation, um it's going to move up and what get, what wickoff said is there is like nine phases to uh an accumulation or a distribution pattern and each phase has a characteristic and mostly for me if i can at least verify seven of the nine stages it kind of gives me a lot more confidence that combined with the rest of my analysis uh i can trust whether it's a distribution or an accumulation, and at the end of the day, even that doesn't really matter because it, once you get invalidation of your ID, the likelihood that price is gonna then move in the other direction, but have like this this impulsive move, is big. So you, you're wrong initially, but then if you flip your bias and know how to flip your bias and where to enter, you can still ride that momentum and make back the money you lost plus more money than you initially lost. Um, so that's Wicca for me um, again just to touch up on, on it really quickly is uh, it's a triangle of, of three things it's geometry that he believes in um, it's astrology um, in, in his mind it is about how the planets in our solar system move how fast they move and these correlate to specific trend lines and speeds uh, of a certain asset, just as much as astrology does make us believe or some people make believe that our personalities are are, are formed and uh, the, the interactions we have, and then the third thing he touches upon is numerology, which is something that Nikola Tesla touched upon a lot too during his life it's uh it 's three six nine and 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 uh, the, the the importance of three six nine how that these three numbers rule the quantum level of our universe it's a uh, it's, it's 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 pretty interesting once you get to, to 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 dive into it and what Gan basically says is that everything is cyclical cyclical and that just like the planets that move around the our, our solar system and that they kind of dictate kind of repeating um cycles um in terms of Uh, events that happen and also um, the way he sees charts is that it's collective behavior which it is and that collective behavior is very much a natural process and um, for example the golden ratio kind of dictates every natural process in our universe and this is what Gann said too and then Gann found these encoded messages, for example, in the Bible, but it's also referenced with the Egyptians and the Mayans and everything that kind of dictate geometry and rules about how geometry expands, which you can also see and and prove are present in, in charts. And from there on, he builds this whole narrative, how there's a certain predictability in charts and their movements. Uh, in timing. And it's not 100% reliable, but it, again, it's another edge on timing and, and expansion and ratios that are, I think, very fascinating. And I still need to learn a lot about it.
0: Well, it's really cool because it sounds like, gun theory, it's kind of taking it's taking important dates and important times and kind of applying, it's essentially applying math. And they say that nature is very symmetrical. There's a lot of math that goes involved with nature, especially with geometry, because you're able to spot, I had to take a geometry class in college. So you're able to spot some of these, you know, not, I don't want to say formulas, but some of these patterns, even in nature that you talk Mm -hmm. about in geometry and you talk about in school when you're solving these problems. And I think it's really cool that he took all, he took like astrology and numerology. And what was the other one that he took? I said
1: geometry. Yeah. So geometry, astrology and numerology.
0: It's kind of cool that he put them all together and then he's kind of using, he's kind of using math, but then also basing it off of human behavior because they do say, for example, like when there's a full moon that people go a little bit wonky with either, mm-hmm. either if it has to do with gravity or just with the pull or like whatever it is. So I am a firm believer in that. And I'm also a very firm believer in support and resistances that you had touched on earlier, because they are a very important psychological level. Like me personally, when I take a look at Bitcoin and I zoom all the way out and looking at the weekly chart, I notice that like $14,000 is like, if we were, once we're able to actually flip $14,000, I'm like, okay, then we'll go ahead and moon. Then we'll get back to like $20K. It's a pretty important area. And then also, $10K is another important area. As you see on crypto Twitter, $9K is an important area for emotions because everybody gets all excited once we get there or above it. So it's just pretty interesting how a lot of these, these indicators and some of these theories play on human emotions as well as using mathematics.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gant Gen Gen has a theory on how cycles manifest themselves and basically says the past is the input for the pre- like the past and the present are the input for the future. Um, and um, there's a certain uh, Mathematical uh, Boundary on how the past and the present generate the future. You cannot Generate a future that is outside of those boundaries. So it kind of gives a structure to to how I mean based upon GANs work, you can kind of predict how a tree grows or How a chart grows or how you as a person grow. It's kind of like It in it, at the very basis. It's it, it predicts um collective behavior or natural processes and what he finds is that there is a certain universal law to it that isn't predictable but tells you about the boundaries of fractal growth and like the golden ratio which we kind of use in Fibonacci uh, it rules so many processes in nature um, and it's really cool to see that these very natural charts and i'm going to say bitcoin is a very natural asset because it's 24 7 it's a free market it's an open market anyone can participate at any level at any cost they choose uh is coherent in its in its growth and expansion and timing to a lot of natural processes which is i mean something i don't entirely grasp yet and it's also why i you know I, I i choose to talk about GAN, but i'm also very careful because i don't want to say wrong things and there's a lot of people who claim they understand GAN, and i don't think there's a lot of people who fully understand GAN. but it is something that i think if you're a trader and you're fascinated about human behavior or nature as a whole is something that to get some of your time every week just to study look at just to spark the mind i think it's important
0: i agree can you talk to us about the golden ratio like just for a hot minute just kind of explain what it is and its importance with fibonacci uh
1: so the golden ratio um and i always have to grab
0: sorry i didn't mean to put i didn't mean to put you on the spot but you brought it up so i was like i'm going to ask him what it is
1: it's oh, fine. Um, the golden ratio is this, this ratio where if you, um, if, if you, if you have a to C, if I have you like, if you have point a and point C and then somewhere in the middle, like just past the middle, you have B, um, is this the right way to explain it? Okay. So the golden ratio is this ratio where you, if you add, ah, no, um, all right. I'm going to explain it the way I was initially going to explain it, but yeah, go ahead and the let ratio is, is, is this ratio that if you, if you you can keep on expanding and growing something with this ratio indefinitely. Um, and the, 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 the rule here is that if you have a point A and C and you put B at 61.8% between A and C, then there's always going to be this uh, relationship between B to C divided by A to B is equal to A to B divided by A to C. And that means that you can extend at the back of it, it definitely like this fractal and doesn't matter where you look at this fractal, it's going to look the same. So if you, if you're familiar with Mandelbrot, which is a, a famous uh, mathematician from i don't know like 1970 or 1980 he created these uh, mathematical formulas to create drawings that you can indefinitely zoom into or zoom out of and they will always kind of look the same um and this very same principle you'll you'll see applied in, in 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 for example um shells you have these shells that I kind of want to use something visual right now uh, i'm very bad at explaining without visuals um, but these shells like they have these growth circles and every next cycle of growth extends by a factor of 0.618 Mm-hmm. And then it keeps on growing. So every partition becomes larger and larger and larger. And But each partition has the same kind of ratio to the previous partition. And then you go to the previous partition, has the same ratio to the partition before that. So it kind of explains how things become bigger and bigger and bigger with the same rule, with the same mathematical function. Uh, and at the basis of that, you can very often see with fibonacci extensions for example is that you always see that um, a certain consolidation of price once it starts to expand will very often reach uh its previous move times 1.618 added to to the next move and this is the uh, this is the golden ratio at work and you'll find it in nature you'll find it in charts um and the funny thing is if you take uh specific components of length between the earth and the moon the distance and then divide it by the length to the sun etc etc you'll find the same ratio the, the 0.618 golden ratio you'll find it back in so many different things um, but I'll need a visual wendy i think
0: no i told i totally get what you're saying because i'm actually i'm actually picturing a seashell in my head right now and you can see you can see the little swirls on and the little lines so i can Mm. i get what you're saying and then i also i do use fibonacci i use it i use it a little bit differently and i don't use it the traditional way that most traders do what i'll do is i'll draw like a range that i want to enter in um, enter in a trade. Um, so I'll do like a lot of support and resistance boxes and I'll do them pretty big with areas that resonate with me. And then I'll just throw fibs on there and kind of reanalyze my entries and exits according to that. So I totally Mm -hmm. understand what you're saying, but as far as let's talk a little bit, I've got a couple more questions for you, but as far as like an something that gives you an edge, what do you think that you possess that gives you that edge above other traders by chance?
1: Uh, I think Currently the biggest edge I have is time analysis. Okay. Um, and I think it's something many traders overlook. I think a lot of people focus on on, on horizontal levels, which is the, the Y axis, um, which is pure price. And there's a lot of things that happen with time that if you start to analyze it with alleyway theory and GAN, that suggests that a certain move is not possible anymore, or that a certain move is likely to end at a certain date. So you kind of expect the moment in the future that is gonna be important. I call these pivots, um, GAN has a lot of techniques to calculate these pivots. Um, Elliott wave theory has a few ways to come up with them and at the end of the day you never know for sure whether these pivots are going to be up or down but you kind of know that a move ends so there's mm-hmm. still a number of possibilities but you know hey that's a moment in time i need to be present and aware of what's going to happen next in the market by looking at the market and then figure out what's what's most likely but if you don't focus on it and i previously like a year ago i wouldn't focus on it too much um you risk that you're looking at 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 the market in a way that that the uh, a certain move is not finished but usually a certain pattern or a certain expansion or a certain move comes to an end on on around these dates and based on how you came there, so like I said earlier about like the, the past and the present are the input for the future, um, gives you a better understanding of what's possible next. I'm not really sure how to explain it, but for example, there's time ratios, just as much as, this is a very simple, simplistic example, but people use Fibonacci, the Fibonacci tool on charts to figure out ratios where they think there might be support or resistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, This very same tool can be applied, but in the other axis. So on the time axis, looking at pivots where price made a reversal, and then a next pivot where price made a reversal again, and looking at future projections of the golden ratio or portions of the golden ratio, between these pivots and oftentimes these become very important either continuation or reversal moments in time um so elliway theory has has some ideas on it again has some ideas on it and then again has astrology uh that suggests certain moves so you can look at at certain conjunctions or opposites just like you said there is a full moon and people go wonky it does i mean people do yeah. go wonky on full moon they, t- they totally it's true <laughs> um and the same thing for example can be said when for example saturn and pluto are conjunct so basically in our sky if we look at the sky you would be able to see them both sometimes you can't see one of them uh you would actually see they're like next to each other it's like a solar eclipse for example where you know where the the moon goes in front of the the sun um at that moment if you look back in time for example for for saturn and pluto you realize that it only happens every i think 32 years i have to look it up again but pretty much every time it happened there was some kind of crisis either it was the cold war or it was uh, uh the first world war or something else but there was always a, a, a moment of stress in the world well guess what saturn and pluto were conjunct in december 2019 it's the moment the coronavirus first popped up mm-hmm. so there's like these very esoteric uh conjunctions that i don't know and cannot use to predict what's going to happen but i can guess based on what happened in the past that there are very important moments in time where there's going to be something big happening and just being able to be aware of that ahead of time and then increase my focus on the market or read more about certain subjects helps me to kind of pivot into my entire view on what was going to happen with the coronavirus and what was going to happen with the oil market etc etc just basic awareness of of, of very specific pivots in time on astrology kind of helped me to be on my game in the last couple of months. So it's just not always about technicals in the market. It's just also about being aware of what happens around you and how that affects everything around it.
0: So basically your edge is just to be extremely patient, to continue to research and to use tools that you're comfortable with and to kind of compile all that stuff together and just to kind of really watch the market before jumping in.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm always like, I think half my time or maybe more of my time is just researching subjects that, I mean, initially make no sense. And eventually I either end up at a dead end or it's something that I can use. And then I'll try to like merge it with my existing system. So basically I can trade bottom line just horizontal levels supply and demand where I think there's going to be buyers or sellers. Uh, but then at the end of the day, what I really want to do is being able to use alleyway theory, uh, Wyckoff, GAN, and horizontal levels to define what the trend is doing, where the trend is going, what is inter, intra-trend very likely to happen, and then kind of time, important pivots in time ahead of time so i can increase my focus that i should be paying attention and maybe make a move and this is that's a lot of gam but um i think that kind of like compiles the entire thing together and some of it is just some of it is i'm I'm going to be honest some of it is just uh gut feeling too but it needs to work within the the set of
0: boundaries that you have
1: boundaries it needs to there needs to be risk management and the only (laughs) thing that really marks and is able to craft and define how much risk you take and how much you use to enter a position etc etc is 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 price action so horizontal levels invalidation or not invalidation and then the rest helps to craft your idea whether the horizontal levels are a good level
0: All right. So I have got two more things for you before we go. The first thing is, is what advice would you give yourself? Some basic advice, maybe a couple sentences. What advice would you give yourself when you first started trading way back in 2017?
1: I think I kind of answered that in the beginning, but the first thing I would tell myself is learn to move patiently. (laughs) Uh, If you're, if you don't have a lot of experience, and uh, you think you're very smart. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of us are very smart. Uh, but even if you're very smart and you don't know about a subject like trading, you're, I mean, you can be as smart as you want to be. You can be Einstein all it takes but it's not going to make you a good trader because there's a lot of psychology there's a lot of like you're you're really going to get to know yourself as a trader uh, you're going to get faced with your inner struggles and, and 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 keeping yourself disciplined and 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 constant so um, move slowly because all these all these things take time to learn a lot of time so if you're gonna like me initially gonna risk 25 percent of your net worth on your first investment um that's probably not the thing don't do that don't do that
0: <laughs> no. let's can you can you tell me about your worst and your best trade
1: hmm. um my worst trade is probably my first trade no nah, i'm not sure i'm okay. probably you don't you don't have to i, I mean i mean Dragon chain is probably my best trade and my worst trade at the same time. But it's more of an investment; it's not a trade. Uh, okay. Like I got into the ICO, that thing went like crazy. Know, ADX from my initial investment in USD. Uh, I sold a bunch, and then I kept the rest. And I was like, "This is, you know, and this is going." It was at that time it was probably like five dollars. And I thought this thing is going to go $25 because someone on Twitter said it was going to go to $25.
0: You guys don't (laughs) listen to anybody on Twitter. It's okay to admire their work. It's okay to use their charts maybe kind of against yours. But at the end of the day, do not place your bets on anyone on Twitter just in case because – a lot of us, even the people that are like a million times better than me, as much as I respect them. nobody is ten for ten. Don't ever let them tell you that,
1: please exactly. I agree one hundred percent, but seriously, at that time, you know what you everybody was a
0: savant that back then, everybody knew what they were doing. I didn't. nobody but did.
1: nobody knew, but to be honest, like what you're saying is that at that point, and and I sincerely um, think that you're giving really, really good advice, what you just said is, Back then, I thought, okay, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's saying Dragon Chain to $25 and whatever. So I thought, like, I'm going to sell some and then keep the rest. And then, you know, I had a, a, a huge struggle.
0: Mentally, and probably. Drop made,
1: I thought it was going to it was gonna go back up. Um, and it didn't, obviously. It, it kind of lost, like, I don't know, 90 fucking something percent. Um, and, you know... It, I made money, but at mm-hmm. the same time I lost so much money. Like you right. know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably my best and my worst trade right? uh, combined.
0: And take profit, guys. Always, if, if you can in crypto, one of the strategies I do is especially with altcoins. What I'll do is I'll keep a moon bag. So I'll make sure I've cashed out. I'm in profit, um, and then I have this essentially like this free little moon bag. So if it does pump ever again, I'll make money. If it doesn't and I lose it, I'm already covered. My tri- I've already you know, cash yeah. my stuff out of profit. I've covered everything, so I'm good.
1: It's just painful because I kept a moon bag too on oh. Dragon Chain, but it was more than a moon bag. It was like half okay. half of the Dragon Chain. And take profit. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't want to boast, but just that half, you know, I devalued by half a million, I think. Oh my it's kind of painful. Uh, so, yeah, definitely my best and worst trade ever. And it's okay. not something... <laughs> I would hope to endure again. So, probably next time something like this happens and I'm going to invest in something like that, I'm I'm not even going to hold it until it ADXs. Uh,
0: Yeah, take your profit and run. (laughs)
1: Early, early, early. Yeah.
0: So, before we get going, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time. I had a great conversation with you and I'm going to have to have you come on again. I'm going to have to do a little research myself before I have you come on, either about Wick Off or GAN, just so we can. The answer a little bit better. Um, but go ahead and, and show yourself to the audience. If there's anywhere, obviously I'll have like your Twitter down below, but if you have a service or if you have like a website or if you have like educational material, just go ahead and share it here. And then I'll put those links down below as well for the audience.
1: Hmm. I would love to share something with you, but I I, I honestly don't have anything to, sh- to show or share. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been working on, um, I'm bots for two years now. Uh, and I realized in that process that I'm not going to sell them. I mean, not directly, not the way people do it right now with subscription and anything. So I I, I literally only have myself to show. Okay, um, That's I'm good Jack- enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling myself, but I'm not making money on it. I'm just here to, to, I really hope that people, that somehow I, with my, with me sharing things on Twitter uh, and and having an open mind and just sticking to my own beliefs that I can show other people that there is more in this world than what other people tell them, but they can really discover their own path and their own truth, uh, whether it be trading or whether it be in your personal life, uh, that there is a goodness in sharing and being open and being vulnerable instead of all the alpha male kind of like picky-nicky, this is how we do it in the world um you're you're yourself and i'm trying to be myself too so that's what i am want to show
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on jack and you guys please make sure to like comment subscribe and follow jack on twitter have a good rest of your day jack